Pulse Audio Podcast Network. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network. Good morning, everyone. I hope your coffee's strong and the bullshit is non-existent. This is Whining About Herstory, the women's history podcast where we drink wine or coffee or other beverages and talk about women from history that you probably haven't heard of but definitely should have. I'm Kelly. I'm caffeinated. Slowly getting I'm caffeinated. I'm working on it, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> I'm also Emily. That's a shorter way of saying I'm a work in progress. I'm Emily. Thank you so much for joining us. We're doing like another Sunday morning recording. Uh, and I got I got my sweet ass gas station coffee. I got the big one too. Like there's the large and the extra large. I almost went for the large. And I was like, no, Emily, you deserve the extra large gas station coffee. And I'm on my second cup in my Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. I don't give a schnitzel cup. I love that I mug. It's so. I cute. put it in the dishwasher and it apparently chipped. So I'm like, all right, that's a hand wash only mug because it yeah. didn't like come with anything that told me. So I was like, yeah, I'll put it in the dishwasher and we'll see what happens. Well, you know, with souvenir stuff, they just want you to buy it. They don't care what happens after you get it. Like okay, it could disintegrate. Good. It could disintegrate in your hand the second you walk out of the store. And they're, and they're like, just oh, you already like, paid for it, bitch. That's not my problem. That's not my problem. I'm not advertising quality Texas. goods here. They'll just be like, don't mess with Texas. Yeah. You bought it. Fuck you. Hey, hey, here we do not call 911. <laughs> There were yeah. so many shirts that said that, like in Texas, we don't call nine one one. Had a picture of a gun, and I was like, <laughs> I feel terrible. I feel like now. I should call nine one one. Like I feel like that's an appropriate time to call nine one one when someone's threatening me with a weapon. I don't know. Just that's just how I feel. It's, it's my personal feeling. Me and my Midwestern sensibilities. Oh man! So I was talking with uh, Tierney, longtime friend and friend of the pod. What's up, T? And I told her one time, I was like, man, I just want some like gas station coffee. She's like, you would drink gas station coffee? Do you hate yourself? And I'm like, okay, yeah, but that's not why. (laughs) Gas station coffee can be really good. Like quick trip coffee's good. Holiday coffee's good. And you know what? Sometimes you just need the caffeine. Like some of the like pre-mixed cappuccinos and stuff are a little iffy, mainly because it's like 90% sugar and like 1% coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're getting like the plain stuff and then adding like flavoring mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah, their coffee's actually really good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not picky. I just need Tea my caffeine. Is a coffee snob. You know what? A little bit. A little but we bit. We love you anyway. She's she's been spoiled because she goes to uh, Steam all the time. They have excellent coffee. They do. Um, but yeah, for me, like going to Steam is a treat. But coffee, uh, gas station coffee, and then the hot coffee that I make at the office. That's what I live on. That's for survival. I live I'm on, not drinking for fun. I'm drinking to live. <laughs> I live on car- the caribou like K-cups because they're the same oh, price yep. as the regular ones. And I actually really like caribou coffee and uh, sugar-free creamer. Mm, yep. <laughs> and then caffeinated um, crystal light. Oh, thank God for caffeine. I don't know what people did before, you know, caffeine. Yeah, I took my mom to Caribou yesterday um, after we helped my grandma move, which was like two in the afternoon. But I'm like, I need caffeine. Yes. Because, you know, I slept at my parents' house last night, and so I, like, didn't sleep well. Yeah. Well, because I wasn't in the bed with exactly. you. Justin, and I didn't Justin take a sauna again. <laughs> doesn't hit the same in that bed. No, you didn't use the sauna? No, it's still not 
plugged in. Okay, can I just say I'm a little happy to hear that because you and I need to use that song in mom your old childhood like, bedroom together. <laughs> I was like, Emily was very disappointed that the sauna was not available for use. <laughs> And she was like, well, next time you come up, I'll plug it in first. I yep. like, all right, mom. Yep. No, and I, I want to be very clear. I feel we've mentioned this before, but literally in Kelly's old childhood bedroom, which still, it, like, it still looks like your childhood bedroom. Yeah. Well, then it was my sister's before me. There is a giant sauna that plugs into the wall just sitting in the bedroom. And we saw it before we went to Texas. And I wanted to use it, but it wasn't plugged in. And we were both like tired and just needed to get to bed. But I keep dreaming about that (laughs) because how funny is it? Yeah, we're going to go to Kelly's childhood bedroom and sauna. Yeah, right. As one does. As one does. Next time we're there, I need to take pictures because I feel like people don't quite understand what I'm describing. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous, it's and awesome. I love it so much. But yeah, so I took my mom to Caribou, and you know she's not a coffee drinker. Um, and so she was like standing there looking, and I'm like, well, they have like juices and stuff, and she's like, yeah, but what is this like boosted? Because like all of their stuff, and I'm like, it has caffeine in it. She's like, but why? I'm like, because everyone needs caffeine, mother. Oh my god, Sue, you are so precious. <laughs> and so she, yeah, she got one of their like lemonades, and she liked it. But I was just, I thought it was funny. She's like, why does everything need caffeine? I'm like, because, because. Life. I can't live because I can't function otherwise. otherwise I'll just fall asleep. Yep. Yep. That is my life. All right. Well, we've thoroughly discussed what we're drinking, what your mom is drinking, and then our plans to sauna in your childhood bedroom. Yeah. So, Emily, who are you whining about? Oh, crap. I'm going first. Yeah. We literally discussed this. Okay. Remember, I'm a work in progress. All right. Don't you be judging me. So I'm actually, it hasn't, um, I'm actually covering a listener recommended lady Mm -hmm. named Arabella Mansfield. So, uh, there's a good song called Arabella. Oh, that's a moving on. It's a gorgeous name. Love the name. I think that's why I like the Arctic Monkeys. Oh, they're, oh, we play it on rock band. I know exactly (laughs) the song you're talking about. I don't know why I didn't make that connection. Yeah. Excellent song. Rock on, bitch. Um, so one of our listeners who is also Mafella. Oh, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, what's up? Um, he did Rag Rye, which in short is Iowa's answer to the Tour de France. A bunch of people get together and bike across Iowa for a week straight. Like that doesn't. I mean, it sounds fun, but it also doesn't sound fun. Well, I'm not, I'm not like a cyclist, but I think it's cool because there's, a, it's the challenge, you know, it's the challenge to complete it. You know, you can do it with friends and family. You stop in all these small towns along the way and they have entertainment and food and all this other stuff going on in each of the small towns. And, uh, I think the longest day is 100 miles and the shortest is like 50. So just to give you some perspective on how long these biking days are. And then you camp out and then you pack up your tent and you go again. And I'm like, oh, my God. So he was biking and he saw a sign that oh, I, w- I should have pulled up the text. But it was something about Arabella Mansfield. And her importance, not only to Iowa, but to the United States. Wow. And he's like, you should cover her. So here we are. I'm doing it. Look, I can take suggestions. I'm growing so much as a person. All right. So we're going to find out why she's kind of a BFD, not only in Iowa, but in the world. 
but in the world, in the United States in particular. So Arabella Mansfield was born on May 23rd, 1846 in Benton Township, or it could be Bentown, B-E-N-T-O-W-N. It could be uh, pronounced entirely differently because as we've discussed, we refuse to pronounce things phonetically in this country. Yeah. We will not do it. Uh, so Benton Township in Des Moines County, Iowa, which is another one that does not look like it's pronounced. It, it looks, looks like, like it's Des Moines's. Yeah. Like, no. Come on, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Already, I'm like, fucking A, Iowa. <laughs> um, but so she was born in Des Moines County, Iowa on her family farm. Mm-hmm. So Midwestern, so quaint. Her birth name was Belle Aurelia Babb which is truly an amazing name. So I'm going to put it out there. Someone listening, quick, have a baby and name them Bellaralia or Bellaralia Bab. Like they can have two middle names or two first names, but get this name back into circulation. Bellaralia. Is it, so is it one name or two? It's two. That, so that's her, that's her middle, middle name. So it's Bell. A-U-R-E-L-I-A. So Aurelia is the middle name. Yes. And then Bab is her last name. But like, hmm. Bell Aurelia Bab? Like, it's like Bell like Aurelia it, yeah. Bab the Badass. Like, it's such a powerful name. Not the name she would go by in the rest of her life. Uh, but her, her, her primary name is still really cool. Yeah, I like it. So interesting side fact. When, a, when Arabella was born, Iowa wasn't actually officially a state, and it wouldn't achieve statehood until later that year on December 28th, which means Arabella got to be a total hipster and say, like, yeah, um, I was into Iowa before the United States thought it was cool. So, oh, oh, you're just moving to Iowa now that's a state? I'm yeah. the original I'm Iowa. the OG Iowa. I'm, like, pre-state Iowa. So, like, she's a total hipster. Uh, She was the second child to her parents, their first being Washington Irving Babb, who was named after the author Washington Irving, if that name sounds familiar. (laughs) Like, these kids have powerful ass names. I was like, that's a choice if, uh, you know, if if they're not named after that person. Mm Mm-hmm. So Arabella and Washington's father, Miles, cared deeply about his children's education, which was awesome. When he joined the Flint River Company wagon train on April 10th, 1850, he created a will that included provisions for their education. So basically, he's joining this wagon train to travel out west, find work, send money back to his family. And he's like, because it's super easy to die right now, if I die... I'm putting a special provision in my will to make sure my children get an education. And both of them, not just the son, both. Which I'm like, both. Both is good. Way to go, Miles. So Miles hoped to uh, find work to better provide for his family and left behind his wife, Mary, six-year-old son, Washington Irving, and three-year-old daughter, Arabella. So he got to California and secured a job as the superintendent of the Bay State Mining Company. And on December 23rd, 1852, just a little over two years after he had left Iowa, Miles was killed in a tunnel collapse. So really good that he made that will. Yeah. But also he was killed in this tragic accident on Christmas Eve Eve. Oh my God. Fucking a, I would just like Christmas doesn't exist. Christmas is garbage. Um, I'm gonna celebrate in July. 
Yeah, <laughs> like we're too. not doing this anymore. So Mary moved the family to Mount Pleasant, Iowa, where the kids attended school, and Arabella was an excellent student. And in 1862, she enrolled in Iowa Wesleyan College in Mount Pleasant. I hope Mount Pleasant's actually a really miserable place. I hope it's just one of those. I like that that's your hope. I know. Just I love when places are named something very cutesy, but they actually suck. It's like the Greenland-Iceland thing. Like, Iceland is actually very lovely, and Greenland is an icy dystopian. Yeah. Yeah. So she decided to shake things up a bit. Instead of going by Belle in college, as she had up until now, she began using the name Arabella. Hot. Because apparently (laughs) Belle was too mainstream, and she's like, nah, nah, I'm Arabella now, because I'm an OG Iowan, and this is who I am. I mean, if that's her real name, why not go by her real name? Well, Belle is her real name. Oh. Arabella is the name she, like, she, she like, rebranded. She rebranded when she went to college. You know what? We all do weird things when we go to college. Sometimes we try to cut our own bangs and look terrible in all of the photos from your freshman year for, like, six months. You <clears throat> didn't look that bad. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to out myself and say it was me, but thank you, Kelly. <laughs> I think everyone knew. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> um, we had that one girl who uh, shaved her head. Yeah. And her parents accidentally tricked the RA into thinking she was a cancer patient. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it was... Um, so, so we had a friend, freshman year of college. She shaved her head shortly before coming because she'd always wanted to and I think every person with long hair has had that like I just kind of want to shave my head and see what happens and her parents were a little protective and so when they were helping her get moved in they were talking to her RA and they basically said something along the lines of like oh well she has she's like hasn't been feeling super well so just keep an eye on her and that combined with the newly shaved head made our RA think oh my god is this girl this recovering cancer, from chemo yeah, it's very it was... um so she had to basically announce no I just shaved my head because I felt like it I'm fine I had a cold and I do not know why my parents would bring that up to anyone right like it wasn't <laughs> like, even that what? bad of a cold yeah it wasn't like... it, it, it was nothing serious it's like she had a little cold her parents were feeling very apprehensive sending her off to school so they talked to the RA being like she's just getting over this little like no issue cold could you please keep an eye on <laughs> she was she was so projective. embarrassed yeah, she was just <laughs> like oh, I swear to god I don't have cancer guys yep but yeah, we, we've all been there. We've all done the, the rebranding before going out to college. So Iowa Wesleyan College wasn't the, was the first state's co-ed higher education institution, and this was partly out of necessity instead of them just being super progressive. With men going off to fight in the American Civil War, schools were seeing a def- deficit, I almost said deficient, <laughs> fuck, uh, in students and teachers admitting women allowed them to keep their doors open and then have trained teachers once the women graduated. So basically they're keeping students and then producing replacement teachers through those students so that they can just keep going. Yep. Sounds about right. And this was the course that Arabella took and she graduated three years later as valedictorian and her brother Washington Irving was salutatorian of the same class. That's like okay second tier. Okay, I was like, what is a salutatorian? Valedictorian is like number one. Salutatorian is like number two. It's interesting that they were in the same class. I thought so too. Um, Clearly, someone skipped a grade. I mean, Arabella is a little bit of a fucking genius. 
She's incredibly studious. She's incredibly intelligent. So I just want to say this. My last brother-sister story was contentious. We were not fans of Brother William, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, this better, we were not. This is a good brother sister relationship. Arabella and Washington had a great relationship and they were lifelong friends. Yay. He was incredibly supportive. So I just want everyone to relax. Yay Washington Irving is a good bro. He's a good big bro. So that feels like a historical trope, though, in of itself. Like war makes room for women to advance. And it, I was I was reading this. I'm like, oh yeah, the American Civil War happened, and women were able to make advances uh, socially, economically, in their careers, you know, and obviously education. And I'm like, why does it take everyone killing each other to let women do any damn thing? Because we saw it World War One, we saw it in World War Two, we see oh, yeah. it every, everywhere, every world war. like every war period. And I'm like. Come on, like just just give us the rights in the first place. Let us do the damn thing in the first place. Why does it take everyone murdering each other for us to get anything done? Right. So Arabella began teaching at Des Moines Conference Seminary, which is now Simpson College, home of the Fighting Donuts. Wait, really? No, I oh. I just said that because Simpson College. I'm like that the would kind Simpsons. of be fantastic. Well, I hope they rebrand just like Arabella did. You know what? Do it, home of the Simpsons. Home of the home of the fighting donuts. Mm, donuts. That's their that's their yeah. fight song. Yep. So she stayed there for a year before returning to Mount Pleasant, where she married John Melvin Mansfield, her college Aww. sweetie. But John wasn't a student. It's not like they were like in the same classes together and like doing little study sessions. He was actually a professor <laughs> at Iowa Wesleyan. Arabella was hot for teacher. And they got married. He's also very supportive of her and like seems like to be a good husband and everything. But I read this. I was like, oh, my God, I'm imagining them like having study dates and like helping each other out in class. And it's like, no, he's teaching. And she's like, I'm going to marry that motherfucker. (laughs) I'm going to make him put a ring on it. So Arabella was interested in the law, but law schools were restricted to men. And even the bar exam was restricted to males who were over 21 years old. And despite these hurdles specifically designed to keep women out of the legal system, both her husband, John, and brother Washington encouraged Arabella to pursue law. They're like, good, it's fine. Just, you know what? Just fucking do it. Go for it. We'll figure it out. So Washington was a lawyer with his own law office and Arabella was able to work and study there as an apprentice. And at the same time, she was teaching English and history at Wesleyan. So she's a, she's a professor in her own right. She's studying law. And then her husband, John, I may mention this later, is also studying law at this time with yep. her. So now they're study buddies. Aww. Yeah, which I think is adorable. So after two years of independent study without ever having set foot in a law classroom, a classroom of law, a little lawyer factory, Arabella was ready to take the bar exam. But what about the gender restriction, I hear you asking, my dear lovely Kelly? Well, she was actually allowed to take the exam and scored highly. And I I think the examiners either felt bad for her or were sympathetic or maybe they even thought that well if we let her take us not like she's gonna pass but the examiner said that her performance gave quote the very best rebuke possible 
to the imputation that ladies cannot qualify for the practice of law. So basically they're like, she just proved that this idea that women can't practice law is bullshit. Right. Like she has closed the book on that argument. Thus, in 1869, during a time when it was supposed to be impossible to do so, Arabella Mansfield, OG Iowan, became the first female lawyer, not only in Iowa, but in the whole goddamn United States. Fuck yeah. Whole goddamn United States. 1869. What a sexy year. Yeah. She's hot for teachers. She's getting her, she's passing the bar in 69. Like, yeah. Arabella, love it. So cool side note. Oh, I did do this. Uh, her husband, John, was also studying law and passed the bar exam with her. And I Yay. love them as a couple. I just imagine them both being very sweet and supportive of each other. So she was sworn in at the Union Block building in Mount Pleasant. And that building still stands, according to the Google Street View. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I need to know everything. Uh, the base of the building has a Verizon store and something called Walt's Tap Room. And just as I was ready to, like, book our trip there, uh, I looked up Walt's Tap Room because I wanted to see, like, yeah. what's on the menu? What's going on? But apparently it's permanently closed. Oh. Yeah, it has an average of 4.5 stars on Google and 99 Google reviews. So they either need to reopen or put another bar in there because I want to have a drink in more historic places like we did with the Manger Bar in San Antonio. Right. I want to drink in historic buildings. I want to get wasted historically <laughs> get wasted i want to get historically wasted i want to get sloppy in a historical sense <laughs> but i wonder i wonder what's there now if you all live in mount pleasant like let me know what's up because we might have to go there and get drunk in a cool historic building however despite becoming the first female lawyer in the whole damn united states she would not become the first female lawyer in the country to practice law despite having passed the bar she continued to teach at wesleyan and pursue her education earning a master's degree in 1870 and an llb which is a bachelor of laws degree in 1872 and i just love it she became a lawyer and then she got the law degree so anyone telling you you need to follow a specific path or order in life, just be like, well, Arabella became a lawyer and then got her law degree, so shut the fuck up. Fuck you. <laughs> Your argument is null and void because Arabella fucking Mansfield. Thank you. And it seemed that teaching and learning were really her passions. In 1879, both she and her husband, John, secured teaching positions at Indiana Osbury University, now mm. DePaul University. DePaul. Yeah, which, again, it... Not spelled the way it sounds. It's not D E P A W. Uh, D E P A U W. All right. I don't know. It's that U feels very unnecessary, but okay. Uh, so go fighting toe beans. That's what I'm calling it. They're the fight because pause. Yeah, I know. I that okay. one I got. Okay, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, I got Toby. He's got little toe beans with his little murder sickles. Knifey, murderous little Tobins. Murder mittens! Love it. So along with teaching, Arabella was active in the women's suffrage movement because she's a damn, like, independent badass. And at the time, the women's suffrage movement in Iowa was still in its infancy because, again, she's a trendsetter. She's like, oh... Yeah, I was into women's suffrage before, before it was like it was a thing. Before it was a thing in Iowa. I was in Iowa before Iowa was a state. Um, I'm also rebranding because Bell is way too mainstream. So 
<laughs> so she helped get it on its feet by chairing the first Iowa Suffrage Association State Convention in 1870 and acted as their first secretary. And one of the primary issues she campaigned for was, surprise, surprise, equal education opportunities for men and women. How on brand for her? Like, she's very consistent. <laughs> she also worked with historical legend Susan B. fucking Anthony. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I'm just imagining them, like, over the tea table, sipping on their tea, just talking about how, like, no, Susan, you're a best. Oh, my God, Arabella, no, you're, you're the best. best. No, Susan, you're the best. Yeah, right, Show back and forth. <laughs> um, Okay, now that we've laughed, tragically. <laughs> she died. I, no, no, she actually doesn't yet. Normally, this is the part in the story where I'm like, and then she died. Uh, instead, tragically, Arabella's husband, John, suffered a nervous breakdown. And I couldn't find details on what contributed to this or what the symptoms were. But I feel it's fair to say that it could have been a number of things because they weren't super nitpicky or detailed about understanding and labeling mental health issues in the 1800s. But Arabella took two years off of teaching to be her husband's full-time caregiver. Arabella, honey, you're such a doll. Unfortunately, his condition didn't improve, and he was committed to an asylum. Oh, no. And I couldn't find anything past that, but it seems to me that he likely lived out the rest of his life there, considering asylums weren't too keen on treatment or actually helping patients recover. Whether or not it was in the asylum, John did pass away on September 1st, 1894 at 52 years old. And oddly enough, according to findagrave.org or whatever it is, he died in Napa, California and was buried in Toloque Cemetery in Napa, California. And I'm like, is that where the asylum was? Maybe. That, or maybe that's you, where he was from? I don't, yeah, I, I don't know because I couldn't find anything else on him. Uh, but I thought that was very sad. And it, it's one of those things you wonder if nowadays he could have gotten better treatment and maybe recovered or been able to stay functioning. Because obviously he was doing, he was doing, and, doing very well you know he's teaching right. he's getting educated um he sounds like he's got this good marriage going and that's just really sad but I think it's also a good example to point out like mental illness can come and get you at any time it can happen to anyone regardless of your circumstances so like maybe we should all just be a little more sensitive and compassionate to each other just saying so Arabella continued with her educational career, eventually becoming the Dean of the School of Art in 1893 and the Dean of the School of Music in 1894. And if those dates sound relevant to you in any way, shape, or form, then you have been listening to this podcast way too long because then you know she definitely read about the Lizzie Bourne trial in the paper. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. So she worked at the school until her death on August 1st, 1911 at 65 years old. And she died at her brother Washington's home in Aurora, Illinois, among the corn, the gentle embrace of the corn. It would be another nine years before the 19th Amendment uh, that she had fought for would be passed. So unfortunately, she did not live to see that. Uh, and she, she was only 65 years old, which for the time isn't terrible but thinking that she definitely could have lived to see the 19th Amendment ratified. It, it, it's a bummer that she didn't get to see that. 
but she fought for it, and we appreciate her contributions. She was buried in Forest Home Cemetery in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, and if you're looking for her grave, she's listed as Bell A. Babb Mansfield. Hmm. So if you're looking for Arabella, like, don't. They they decide, no, that was her, like, given name, so we're just going to. I think it's interesting what it was, like, Babb. That was her maiden last name. Oh, I thought they were saying that was her first name. I was no, like, that's no. weird. Her her name was Belle Aurelia Babb, and then she got married, and her last name changed to Mansfield. Okay. So there's Belle A. Babb Mansfield. I now understand. Yep. Let's keep talking about like the weird structure that we give to names, and especially women's names, and how they change over time based right. on their marital status. Legacy. Arabella Mansfield was inducted into the into the Iowa Women's Hall of Fame in 1980. So we got to add that to our trip list. In 2002, the Iowa Organization of Women Attorneys, because there was now more than one, <laughs> created the Arabella Mansfield Award to recognize outstanding lady lawyers. And a sculpture of Arabella by Benjamin Victor was installed on the Iowa Wesleyan College campus. And in 2017, an organization called Diversity Lab, which promotes diversity and inclusion in law, created the Mansfield Rule to hold law firms accountable for their diversity goals. And there, there's more to that. Um, there's like a way you can get Mansfield certified and this, that, and the other oh. thing. Um, and it's based off of the Rooney Rule, which I believe applies to sports. And if there's a job opening, it's like there has to be a certain percentage of candidates that yeah. are considered from a minority population. And it's not that you have to hire a minority candidate, but you kind of have to prove that you're giving an equal opportunity, opportunity for yeah. employment. Uh, so it was based on that. And this is primarily for law offices, which I think is super cool because with the gender and racial disparities in the legal system that's not going to get better if we just have one kind of lawyer or one kind of person being in the legal profession like that needs to be diversified so I thought that was awesome also I think I forgot to put this in here but she did organize or form a uh, an association for female lawyers while nice. she was alive. Yeah. I don't think it was just in Iowa. Because <laughs> she, she's like, I am the Association of First Lady of Lawyerdom. <laughs> but yeah. Me and me alone. Yes. I'm amazing. All votes go my way. <laughs> but she was working on building that kind of community and that support system because women not only just weren't, they couldn't be lawyers. Right. And she was able to become a lawyer because she had the support of the men around her. And also the, uh, the system allowed it to happen. Right. And it, it just bums me out to think that there, obviously she, she was intelligent. She worked, she worked for the, she earned this, but it took, the support of a system that was otherwise going to victimize her. And it's like, well, why didn't other people do that? Other people couldn't. She got very lucky in a lot of ways, you know? So yeah, that is Arabella Mansfield, first lady of lawyerdom and Iowa's pride and joy. Go Iowa. Go Iowa. It's more than a bunch of beans. (laughs) Because they're also just covered in in beans and cornfields. All right, then. I think it's funny that Emily knows that. Well, I did grow up adjacent to Iowa. Okay. Iowa adjacent. Iowa adjacent. Yeah. They they were our they were our sweet little Midwestern neighbors. Also, everything is very flat. So, 
Shocking. <laughs> it's not like what the Midwest is known for or anything. I was actually One truly shocked when I moved to Minnesota. I was like, wait, what do you mean there are hills and topography here? Like the fuck is that thing? Like driving driving from La Crosse, Wisconsin over the Mississippi oh, into Minnesota. All the bluffs. There are these massive bluffs. You got the big, beautiful, mighty miss. I, I was just, my face was attached to the window because I just I couldn't look at it enough I'd never the closest I'd seen to that was at Starved Rock State Park Mm. in Illinois because that's along the Illinois River Illinois River can't remember but they have a bunch of like bluffs and cliffs and things but this was on a totally different scale and I was like wait I'm sorry what do you mean the world isn't flat (laughs) you mean the world isn't flat and full of corn yeah <laughs> Wait, where's the corn? I just see water and cliffs. This is this feels so uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not used to I, this. I feel so unexposed. I feel so. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's funny. I love you. I feel so small right now. <laughs> hey guys, we know times have been tough lately for all of us. And during hard times, it can be difficult if you don't have anyone to talk to or it can be hard to talk about certain topics. Being alone with your thoughts can be isolating. This is why we are sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen to and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Thank goodness. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is Amazon fast. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential, just like with an in-person therapist. You can request a new therapist at any time at no additional charges. If you want to talk to someone about your mental health, you can get a 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash herstory. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash herstory. All right, Kelly. So who are you whining about? A name that I'm going to butcher. This is also the shortest story I think I've ever done. Oh. So, yay be a fast episode anyways her name is andromachi poppin oh my god Papaniculau. Papaniculau. it's greece oh or greek it's greek hold on let, let me let me try to think about how uh jesse katsopoulos would say it what, what was the name again andromachi Papaniculau. kaulau i don't know i'm kind of like making it hawaiian yeah, the yeah. last name is spelled P A P A N I C O L A O U. I would say Papaniculo or Papaniculo. Yeah, that's kind of what I went with. Yeah. Anyways, so she was born Andromachi Marvrogeni. Slightly easier to pronounce. It has like an Italian like Marvrogeni. Yeah, yeah. I do Greek. with the fingers and everything. Um, <laughs> so she was Greek. Um, there's not a ton known about her childhood. Wait, are we like ancient Greek right now? No, okay. we're in like the 1900s. Oh, okay. Or the yeah, 1900s. Still going to imagine her in those like sick white robes. Pro- probably like 
more like 1890s is actually what okay. they are. Well, she still has like braids, sick white robes, and is carrying a lyre sure. or whatever with her. So she did come from like a well-off family. So she did receive, she actually received an education and a really good education growing up. She, besides Greek, she could also speak French and play the piano in the lyre, according to Emily. <laughs> her, her story had canon. She's like, she, like... She's being retro for she, her day she and age. She plays ancient Greek. Yeah, yeah. You know how like people wear the 50s style dresses today and it's like, oh my God, I love your I'm retro vintage housewife. look. And it's like, no, I'm like ancient Greece up in here. Y'all gonna go see the gladiators. So she would meet her husband, Georgios, on a ferry boat journey to Athens. And he would fall in love with her charming personality. Aw. That's how the story goes, anyways. I like that. Andromaki would then elope with her husband shortly after he would... Uh, so he, atta- he attained his PhD in zoology at the University of Munich, and then they would elope together. That's fucking cool. I hope they got married while riding tigers. Sure. Yep. I, I'm creating a very fanciful and eccentric look in life for this woman. <laughs> Right. So this this is in 1910. And so and Munich is in Germany. So they obviously they had moved to Germany at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, they would return to Greece following uh, her husband's mother's death. And then they would emigrate to New York City in 1913. OK. The issue with them emigrating to New York is neither spoke English. So... Uh, Andromaki spoke Greece, Greek and French and George, God, George, I'm going to call him George. I, I bet it's something like, or something like that. Um, spoke Greek and I think he spoke German. I didn't really look into him. Yeah. Um, I have to say if he went to school in Munich, I bet he knows some, some. German. Yeah. So in addition to not being able to speak English, they, um, between them, they only arrived with about $250 and that was uh, exactly the amount that they needed to enter the United States. So they couldn't speak English and they were broke. Okay. I'm imagining they're like at Ellis Island and they're like, how much is it to get into the country? And they're like, how much you got? Yeah. $250. Oh my God. What a coincidence. That's, That's exactly, exactly how, how much, much it is. Exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so due to the fact that no one in America could pronounce their names... Andromachi uh, shortened her name to Mary after her her maiden name, mm-hmm. and uh, Georgios told people just to call him Doctor Pap. <gasps> That's adorable. Also, little disappointed that he's not a gynecologist because that would be hilarious. Um, so her husband, or not her husband, Mary took a job at Gimbel's department store as a seamstress and started sewing buttons for five dollars a week. Her husband would go on to do a series of odd jobs before obtaining a position at the New York University Pathology Department and Cornell University Medical College's Anatomy Department. That's awesome. Um, After a little while, Mary would end up joining him as an unpaid technician, and you'll see why. Okay. Not why she's unpaid, but why she joined him. Well, I I can probably assume why she's unpaid. She's a lady. So throughout her husband's career, Mary had managed both his laboratory affairs as well as the household affairs, as one does. Um, And at Cornell, uh, her husband was observing the ovulatory cycle of guinea pigs. Oh, my God. He is a bit of a gynecologist. But because he was... Guinea gyno! He's a guinea gyno! But because he was not a clinician, he lacked 
access to be able to actually see human patients and like mm-hmm. see how his research compared. So for 21 years, Mary volunteered as an experimental subject for her husband. He, she would climb up on his examination couch every day so that he could sample and smear her cervix. That is true love right there. 21 years. Okay, so first of all, he is Dr. Pap. Yes. Um, I would be frightened of a love that deep. Um, she- I don't even like to, like, if you told me, like, okay, you have to get up here and get a pap smear, Otherwise, you will definitely get cancer. I'm still going to be like, well, mm, like I really to, don't want and to, And this is, though. like, the beginning of it. So, like, yeah. the technique's probably real rough. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. I hate anything to do with vaginal mm-hmm. health. I just... It, it's good. Please get your vaginas checked out Please. regularly. Uh, but it's not fun. It's awful. Yeah. It's a horrifying experience. So, Mary is quoted as saying, quote, There was no other option but for me to follow him inside the lab, making his way of life mine. She also would go on to decide not to have children so that she could continue helping her husband. Aww. Through his wife's volunteer efforts, he was able to determine that the monthly changes that he saw in guinea pigs' vaginal discharge... Um, was the same in humans or similar, you know, obviously it's not going to be exactly the same because we're not guinea pigs. I feel like we've crossed into a new realm of territory because I never in a million years would have thought we'd be talking about guinea pig vaginal discharge. (laughs) Sentence you never thought would come out of my mouth. Like, Um, should we put that on a shirt? No. Guinea pig vaginal discharge. Same as humans. (laughs) Um, So to provide additional subjects, Mary uh, held a party for some female friends and then got them to agree to have their own cervix. I was going to say, this is like her her MML Mary Kay party where everyone's got some wine. She's like, oh my God. You know what's made me feel so fulfilled? Having my husband poke around my cervix. Y'all should get in on this. So one One of these women would later become diagnosed with cervical cancer (gasps) and uh, her husband was able to take that sample back to the lab and they were able to see that uh, like him and another cytologist were able to see the cancerous cells. And so that's when they realized, hey, like this can be used to detect cancer. Um, And in her husband's words, he said, the first observation of cancer cells in the smear of the uterine cervix gave me one of the greatest thrills I have ever experienced in my scientific career. Not in his life, thank God, but in his scientific career. Like, I could understand that. Like, when that's your, like, work and you're yeah. like, oh, my God, I can do something useful with this. Well, and, it, yeah, it's it's kind of this incredible discovery and in the, the fact that you're able to access and see that. Like, I, I mean, I get right. it, but also... <laughs> so this led to, like, true cr- clinical trials for Dr. Papp. And they really did prove the diagnostic value of this cytology examination of, of the smears. This work then became the cornerstone that established his method, known as the pap smear. Shocking. God damn it! Okay! <laughs> for the timely diagnosis of cervical cancer. In 1928, he made his first announcement, which he titled New Diagnosis of Cancer. It was first received with doubt by the American medical community. He, however, would was absolutely confident about it and just continued his research until, like, everyone was like, okay, no. Like, 
Yeah, we accept it. I never ever thought about what a, what Pap in Pap smear was. Yep. I thought Pap nope, it's his name was something in me. Like, are they getting a Pap sample of Pap? Am I full of Pap? No, she's not full of Pap. <laughs> um, so thanks to his and his wife's perseverance, Doctor Pap's pioneering cystic diagnostic method became accepted and internationally known as the Pap Pap test. Now most people call it the Pap smear. So, and this test, if you're not a woman. Um, it's still widely used as a means to, of early cancer detection and is estimated to have reduced fatalities caused by cervical cancer and the reproductive system in general in, of women by half. By some accounts, the PAP, the PAP test is considered the most ex- significant advance in the control of cancer in the 20th century. So for uteruses, vaginas, cervixes, everywhere... This right. woman let her husband experiment on her bits. Yep. To save the lives of so many others. Yep. That's why, even though, like, this is a super short story, because I literally only have, like, a paragraph left. Well, because there's was, not like, a ton covering. about her. Oh, no, but, yeah. Well, I think this is cool, too, because we we talk about these women who have the support of the men around them, and or even, you know, women who are eclipsed by men. But this is one of those cool stories where it's like the man and the woman are working together right. towards this goal. And, yeah, like, don't want to take away anything from him. But it's because, also, like, But hey, it's also rec- cool rec- to yeah. see her participation yep. her her role in all of this so they did open the pep oh my god whatever their last name is pep Pepin papanicolo whatever cancer research institute which um he would run and then when he died she would run um <gasps> after or not maybe run but work at mm-hmm. um so he died in february 19th 1962 and she would die in 1982 oh that's it that was all the information i could find like literally But I just, I thought it was important to like recognize, yeah, like her contribution to this because without it, he wouldn't have been able to do his research. Right, right. And then her like getting her girlfriends in on it. That's wild. I want to do that. I want to have like a wine and cheese girls night party and just be like, oh my God, you guys. Can we all sign this consent form to have my husband smear your cervix? Yeah, yeah. Like. Hey, it's for science. My husband's doing science and he's poking around my cervix and y'all should get in on this because it's real cool. <laughs> right. But yeah, so that my sister-in-law, Emily, had sent me her name and I just thought it was really neat. But yeah, I, that's uh, and- Andromachi, which I love that name. I'm feeling a lot less stupid, though, about immediately know, you're, like, you're like Dr. Pap. Dr. Pap. I was that's like, so cute. I'm like, is I'm she like, not going to make I'm the connection? I'm so disappointed he's not a gynecologist. I don't know how he you didn't there. lose your shit in that moment. You kept a stone cold I face. Like, nope. yep. I wanted the surprise and I, I got it and it was wonderful. I started screaming guinea gyno. Love it. And then when I said it guinea was the past year, you were like, discharge. oh my God. It was like, <laughs> yeah, that was worth it. Thank you for keeping me in constant surprise. Yeah. Even though everyone for. else listening is like, yeah, duh. like they're not surprised at all. And I'm over here just being like, oh my God, I get it. And it's like, yeah, Emily, right. way to go. Well, <laughs> We're so one of proud of that you. I like never thought about how they came up with the pap smear. And so like reading about this, I was like, oh, okay then. I, I always thought pap was like. I yes, didn't know it was a name. Of, you're full of pap, Emily. Yeah. You know, there, there's actually a joke on Scrubs where there's this really hot gynecologist and one of the characters keeps going in for pap smears because <laughs> she thinks he's hot. 
And uh, her husband is like, why do you keep going there? She's like, I got a lot of pap. I'm full of pap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, never. I... This is one of those like things where I'm like, I can't believe I haven't thought about after people. No, yeah. you're right. You're right. But it's just one of those things where I can't believe I've never quite thought about it. Well, same. Like when I started doing the research, I was like, how have I never like, yeah, thought about it before? Well, or it's like, one of those things. I don't like thinking <laughs> about it. Yeah. I don't true. like getting it done. It's very much a lie back and think of England moment. Um. <laughs> All right. That's weird. <laughs> have you ever heard that? Or it's like when, I, th- I think it's from either World War One or World War Two, but it's like when the shit gets real, just lie back and think of England. It's like, calm down. Anyway. I, I like to lie back and think about the south of France. I also like to lie back and list dinosaurs in alphabetical order. Yeah, that sounds about That's right. That's how I fall asleep. <laughs> I guess I was at Target the other day and I saw this like cute little kid's backpack that it was a dinosaur backpack, but it came with like a tiny brontosaurus. And I was like, it made me think of you. I was oh like, Emily God. would buy that. I love that. Just for the tiny stuffed brontosaurus. I totally would. 100%. So I love Emily, my dinos. Besides dinosaurs, what are you thankful for today? Um, I'm thankful uh, that I had I had a girls' night out with my friend Jory, also friend of the podcast. What's up, Jory? <laughs> we went to this super fancy steakhouse in town because she had a crap ton of gift cards. So we got to have a super fancy ladies' night out. Uh, Jory was kind enough to drive, so I got to get a little shwasted on very fancy old fashions and cocktails, which were all amazing. Um, got to nibble on some calamari, on like a rich bitch like fried calamari. Yeah, like I know because like there are people that eat it not fried, and I'm like I don't. I don't no, no, I don't this was this was fried. Although there were a couple of pieces I picked up where I'm like, this is the whole goddamn octopus. Because normally it's broken up, but I'm like, no, this is the head. Here are all the little tentacles. I'm gonna eat it anyway. <laughs> I love that. It was delicious, it but it was really nice. Um, you know, we got to have this fancy girls' night out and chat and catch up. And then there's a new fountain uh, downtown. They they kind of like rehab the old one, and now there's a small, shallow reflection pool. So we like kicked our shoes off and we're splashing around in that. And just ha- it was a good old time, and I'm just very thankful to have girlfriends who are amazing and supportive I've been friends with her since eighth grade like it's insane how long I've been friends with her and so like some of the most important people in my life I met in middle school and high school and that makes me very happy but yeah it's just it's nice to be able to have a girl's night and do that and yeah that is feel like a fancy bitch getting drunk at a a fancy steakhouse fancy bitches yeah it was amazing Kelly, what are you thankful for? Uh, I'm thankful for family. I got to see my family last night for the first time in a while. I don't see my family a lot. Yeah. Um, but like it was my whole family and it was just, it was really nice. Like uh, it's Friday night, like me and Justin took my mom out to dinner. And then yesterday was my mom's birthday. So I'm like trying to think. So we helped my grandma pack, but then we also like, we all, all just the girls went out for lunch and then. We had like um, dinner, all dinner together, like with the boys too. And it was, yeah, it was just really nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I almost ran into your family. I went to the <laughs> twins game That's and so uh, found out later that your sister, brother, and brother in law were all there. And I was like, oh my God, that would have been so funny to run into them. 
It would have. I would have. I would have laughed. It, it's funny because if someone, if someone like said my name, I probably wouldn't even respond no, Emily because Emily is such I'm, a common yeah, exactly. name. Like, I don't know. Maybe they did call my name and I just didn't hear it or acknowledge it. Who knows? Not that I'm aware of. I don't think they saw you. I, I highly doubt it. That place is pretty fucking big. But that was my first Twins game I've ever been to. It was a lot of fun. It's been a long time since I've been to it was, it was It was a lot of fun. The stadium was really cool. Um, the gal that I bought my giant, like the, the, I bought a can of Truly, but it was like a massive can. It was 24 ounces. Holy shit. Like I could have like, killed yeah. someone with that can. <laughs> but she was like the gal I bought it from. She was this little older lady and she was just very very sweet and chatting with I'm like will you be my grandma because yeah. I love you I've always <laughs> had good times at twins games and then yeah. the newer stadium is very nice yeah no I I loved it it was a lot of fun with my my fella his sister and her fiance so yeah. I got to get to know them a little better it was yeah it was it was a lot of fun that's funny. I almost went. My brother invited us and then that would have been like fucking no. hilarious. Oh, my been. God. Because <laughs> I probably would have sent you a Snapchat, and then you would have been like, oh, my God, I'm here, yep, too. And it would have yep. been funny. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Whining About Herstory, where you got to learn about the first lady lawyer and way more about guinea pig gynecology than you ever wanted to know. Like us on Instagram at Pod, Facebook at Whining About Herstory. Emily's too busy thinking about guinea pig gynecology to think about what our stuff is okay here's the thing remember that woman you covered who snuck a cadaver penis into some dude's bag and you just just breezed past it and you kept trying to move on with the story i'm like no 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 no. we have not had a sufficient discussion about this cadaver penis in someone's bag i just love that she got that she was just like fuck this like you are done teasing me yeah i'm gonna put a penis in your bag yeah and i feel like this is the same thing where you're just breezing past the guinea pig vaginal discharge i'm like no we need to talk about this kelly we don't (laughs) we need to (laughs) but yeah instagram and facebook uh, Twitter at WH underscore pod. Our website is whining about herstory where you can find links to our sweet ass merch as well as links to wherever you want to listen to us. And um, we also, like I said, have merch. We also have a Patreon where you can donate for as little as $1 and get a uh, extra bonus content. Yep. And we're actually, we're in the process of creating more bonus content. We're going to have a new bonus content series coming out soon, which just stay on the lookout for that. It, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, he, he, here's your, can't be serious. Here's your teaser. We going to be drunk. We going to drink. It's, um, it's going to get weird. We're so yeah. actually drink. We're going to like straight up. Not just coffee. Yeah. No, we're going to straight up get drunk for this because you know what? You're paying to listen to two longtime besties get drunk and whine about shit. So. (laughs) So be prepared. So raise five stars wherever you listen. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of Whining About Herstory. I'm Emily. I'm Kelly. Have an empowered day. Bye. Bye.